genre. What up, nerds, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, now in trade, a once-in-a-while podcast where we talk about our all-time favorite comics and graphic novels, now in trade. My name is Adam Sheen, and I'm joined by the other voices on this show, Sean Petit. What's up? Casey Crawford. Hello. And RJ Blight. hey And with us on loan from Franchiseography, we have Nick Jimenez joining us. Hello. Nice to be here. Nice to have you. So today we're going to be unloading the larger-than-life event X-Men House of X and Powers of Ten by Jonathan Hickman with Pepe Larraz, Marte Gracia, David Curiel, R.B. Silva, and Adriano De Benedetto. So uh, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. Uh, we're going to dive deep into this particular volume. Uh, usually we try to not spoil anything past that, but that's kind of impossible because this kind of serves as a... a recap of the next five years of x-men in a weird way so strap in folks yeah there's a lot here yeah i will say i think we're gonna try to be pretty spoiler light on the dawn of x slash reign of x era of x-men as best as possible as best as possible um and we won't spoil inferno um so if you're listening to this post uh inferno number one coming out um, that is uh, safe, so you're good. But if you're if, if you're <laughs> trying to catch up on everything else and you're not trying to get it spoiled, uh, warning. You know there might be some stuff in here. We could do our best to flag it right before we spoil something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll try our best. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I read this in in single issues as it was coming out. Um, I don't know how it like brought me back into the comic book store after like three years. And yeah. just something about it, the way it was marketed or what I had heard, it just enticed me. But so um, I was back in the comic book store to buy the big like trade paperback because I was like, I need to reread this again. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but so, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for like the register line to die down and I'm just looking at the wall of X comics. And I was like, son of a bitch. It really, this really did reset everything, you know, because this whole wall is just fallout from this series. Oh, oh yeah. totally. Yeah, absolutely. It was, this really got me to be an X-Men reader. I didn't read much at all. Um, and even shoot, going way back, this is pretty much the beginning of our podcast. We are like, yeah. this is coming out. Um, let's do this. We, <laughs> we recorded a proof of concept episode that was kind of way off the mark. And like it, it was sort of our first attempt at this show that didn't end up really working out. But the, that was the first issue of mm-hmm. House of X. Yeah. So and- we're... And we're to any to like two. newer listeners that were thinking about going back to the beginning of Tales from the Short Box and, and checking it out, um, you can probably just skip those first <laughs> few months because yeah. we didn't really know what we were doing at all. Uh, yeah, do so, us a favor and listen yeah. to this. Yeah, yeah this, this is way this better. Is, yeah, this is a good catch up, a redo on some old material that we probably flubbed and didn't do a good job of. <laughs> yeah, I so. mean, we've had 88 episodes to get this right. We're getting so, there. Yeah. yeah. Far from but pros, I, but much more pro than we were. It's exciting. I thought it was a great jumping on point, too. If anyone who hasn't read or was curious about it, like, you can ask the three of them. I don't know shit about X-Men, and this was a great place <laughs> to jump on. Because it kind of reset, but it also caught you up on a bunch of stuff and brought us... So it was really good 
uh, for someone like me too. And like, obviously, you know, I think they enjoyed it too. Being yeah. long, long time X-Men people. And, yeah. and if, if you're not familiar with, with our show, I, uh, RJ and I both work at separate comic book stores. And when I'm selling this to people as a jump in, cause I do think it, it can work really well as a great, a great way to jump into X-Men, mm-hmm. especially like if you love high concept sci-fi, this is for you, uh, even if you don't traditionally like X-Men. I, I give the little precursor warning to people of like, it's not going to make any sense to you. <laughs> but that's fine because it made no sense to anyone who's been reading X-Men. Like, you got you to gotta give the books uh, some time to get its legs going. And then- yeah, It's almost better to not have a background, honestly. Because yeah. you're not like, wait. What's going on? I thought this person did that. Like, all that's out the window now. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of, what? Who's the... Ah, if you're not okay. feeling like you missed 10 years of context, you're not reading an X-Men comic, okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I keep coming back to that. Like, we, we were talking uh, right before we started recording, uh, Sean and I, that, like, the way this... The order, the reading order that this was released in made no sense. And the trade actually puts it into a reading order that makes sense. But, like, you're not reading X-Men if you're not reading out of order and feeling like you missed an issue or feeling like you missed a year's worth of content when you haven't. They just haven't given it to you yet. So, like, yeah. And Hickman, on top of that, it makes it so much, so much more. Yeah. And that, that's the thing is it was, it was released in, in a proper reading order, but that's the proper reading or, order according to Jonathan Hickman, who is a fucking madman. So, yeah, this series is fun because it's like you're, not only are you trying to parse out what is like, you know, decades of X Men lore, and you're also trying to parse out just the timeline of the of the book itself, right? Because so. it doesn't bother to tell you a lot of those timelines until the end, <laughs> which is like purposeful and cool, but also very frustrating. I'll tell you, it did me no favors rereading it in trade because I was like, I remember the fireworks happening much earlier than this. You know, like I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like remembering mm-hmm. a building incorrectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like, I, right. I feel like I, I recognize this, but the, the, the hallway isn't where oh I think God, it is. Oh my God, that's right. That came out. Yeah. I'm glad like I've almost deleted the first time. Like I know the general story, sure. but I forgot the order I read it in. So like it, it helped a lot. Like it, reading this in trade was a great experience. Yeah, like, I really it, enjoyed it. Like it, there were so many moments where I just felt myself going like, God, I just love this book. I love X-Men. Like, I love X-Men. <laughs> yeah, like this is a, it was such a good story and like again with any hickman book i feel like reading it in trade is the way to go but like this really drove it home like with everything connected like especially those last two ish like talk about the fireworks scene like mm-hmm. the 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 two scenes where that's happening is like that reading them in the right order is so much better yeah it's a it's such a good payoff <laughs> yeah Absolutely. exactly so um I guess that's uh, you know I guess housekeeping is all good. Do y'all want to just jump into the plot? Let's let's do yeah let's, the best we can. Let's best go. we can. So so the the main crux of the story is a character named Moira McTaggart. And if you haven't read you know uh, dozens of decades of <laughs> X Men history like uh, the rest of us have, like Sean hasn't. Um, Correct. Moira McTaggart used to just be a human, and she was Xavier's wife. Um, this book we discover that she is actually. A mutant, and her mutant power is reincarnation, um, which is crazy. It was wild as fuck. She That's was a, she was a human that you know the only human to ever get the mutant virus sure. back in the nineties. <laughs> Whoa, real real tip off on that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to the to non X Men readers, they would probably most know her if at all as like Rose Byrne from the, the movies. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, Because I didn't really know who... I was like, oh, I think that's that person. (laughs) Because I I didn't have that background. So, like, that's the the connection I made, too. It's, like, interesting because she was always a character that that was around. Like, Excalibur Mm -hmm. dealt a lot with her because Excalibur lived in the, the island where she kind of worked. And she was, you know dating and in a relationship with Banshee and like so she she's been around but um this is the first time obviously that the focus has ever been really on her uh, mm-hmm. to such an extent right yeah and I, I think that a lot of her role was as like a um like uh the emotional center for Xavier kind of keeping him grounded and and like keeping his you know like hope for humanity alive you know that mm-hmm. sort of thing and then and keeping his god complex in check oh well you know <laughs> uh, she didn't do very good at the, that in this book um <laughs> no. yeah she did she did the opposite <laughs> she just learns how to weaponize it yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely yeah. um so so she lives out her first life and just like has a bunch of kids and a bunch of grandkids and grows old and dies of natural causes normal nice life. regular old normal life and then wakes up in utero and goes hmm i guess Okay, so uh, I'm being born again with I guess all I'm doing, the memories. I guess I'm doing this again. Let's do this again, yeah. So she is born with all the memories of her previous life. I hate when that happens. And, I know, right? <laughs> such a bummer. Talk, talk about an existential crisis. It, um, it's, right? it's such an interesting version of reincarnation because it's not reincar- being reincarnated as a new life. It's being it's going back in time being reincarnated as your own self yeah, it's all, in it's, your own timeline. It's Groundhog Day, but your entire life. Well, you're quantum leaping into yourself. Quantum <laughs> That's actually, that's pretty good. That's that's probably closer to what it is. Which, if we're prescribing to the Marvel MCU version of time travel, that just means that there are 10 different timelines mm-hmm. that are all happening with different like, outcomes. Because theoretically, when which she dies is, in that world, the world doesn't just stop existing. Which I think right. is part of what this book is suggesting. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's not a hundred percent, but I think that is part of what's what's happening. It's though. it's it's a definitely a theory. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's not it's true. not giving you any answers, but it's definitely giving you those questions. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so so yeah, her first life is that. Her second life, she realizes like, huh, this is weird. Something is is uh, up with me, and she ends up going to Oxford and meeting Charles Charles Xavier and. Then realizing, oh, I guess I'm a, a mutant. Like, okay, and oh, she—that's what it was. She um, doesn't she try to fly to America and like dies in a plane crash? Well, yeah, life, yeah that. Well, like life, whoopsie life two or three, she tries to cure the. Or no, that's, that's later life on. three. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, three. Life, yeah, life three, she tries to cure the X gene because Destiny's having none of that shit. No, she is not. Yeah, she Dude. she thinks that she's like a curse, like a like a cancer on the human race. So she tries to cure it, and Destiny, and um mystique show up and destiny's like i know what you are i see what you're doing i will stop you i can see, I the see future. what you're doing but also like you're a blind spot yeah yeah well, even well, though she- i can see the future but i can see the result of what you're doing so now like they're forever entwined which and I she, she really says cool. she's like uh yeah you're a blind spot until you know where to look exactly like, it's like that's pretty good um but yeah destiny gives her a, an ultimatum of just like you only have a finite number of lives because if you die before your mutant gene manifests, you die for real. Yeah, Destiny could just kill her as a child. Yeah, <laughs> or exactly. could kill do her the as old go back in time and murder Hitler bit. Right. 
Exactly. <laughs> Which um, we've but, had just about enough of in X Men lore, I think. Sure. Yeah. X Men and Marvel in general. And, Deadpool two. Yeah, I think we're. I think we're. Deadpool two. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. Nick and I talk about on franchiseography. Yeah. How about hey, that? Synergy. Look at that. <laughs> but um. But yeah. So she she's given the ultimatum and makes uh, the right choice in every mutant's opinion and decides to embrace being mutant. And uh, I think her fourth life is the one. Yeah, the, the fourth life is the one that looks the most like the X-Men that we are familiar with. Is that she... Blue Dad? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> that, the, the fourth one was the one where she just wore bell bottoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was... And she just <laughs> she just has, uh, they, they, you know, they, they establish the school, they fight for uh, the, and then uh, they get unity the with Sentinels. humanity, and then they die from a Sentinel attack. So it's like, that seems to be the closest to our reality as we know it, like our X-Men reality as we know it. Um, and yeah, then seven, from there, seven was dope. <laughs> so was that the apocalypse one? Seven? No, that's the I'm gonna kill every Trask ever. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was great. Because yeah, that one she's like, okay, yeah, the Sentinels just keep killing us, so let's just kill all the people that make Sentinels. And it's just like, oh, turns out that building uh, robots to uh, wipe out mutants uh, is just an inevitability. Well, I had it's, one it's, of my favorite lines. It said, "Artificial intelligence is not an invention; it's a discovery." Yeah. yeah, which like basically fire. talks about the inevitability yeah. of AI, which, of Sentinels, he, which of leads, Nimrod, so on and so forth. That pretty much leads to the one of the core, just like premises of this book, right? Is, Absolutely. Is, yep. Is that you know mutants can't discover that they can't actually outpace technology and Sentinels, yes. and humans hate for them just won't die. So right, Moira's kind of stuck in this in this loop of like always losing to the the machines um yeah since we're pretty much there like might as well just talk about this power like that's the big lesson of the sixth life so yeah it, when when they're explaining and like this i think want to say it's the second issue of house or something um, like that yeah something like that they explain all of moira's different lives one in which she teams up with magneto one in which she, she teams up with apocalypse yeah, one purple in which dad she, blue dad yeah yeah, yeah uh, exactly. bald dad um, <laughs> <laughs> so in uh, in that timeline they very conspicuously leave out life six and yeah which you don't get to like what powers issue five yeah, the very, almost yeah. one of the it's last like, issues of the series. It's like chapter series. eleven or twelve. Yeah, they tell like, you, fuck yeah. you, Hickman. So, so <laughs> there's one, and in, in Powers of Ten, there's one plot that is just them it's going the, into like the end of existence. It's mm-hmm. like the only people left alive are like post humans, Wolverine. Yeah, yeah post humans. Yep. Yeah, and like it's like Zorn, Wolverine, Rasputin, uh, Krakoa, so who took the husk Blue of Dad. Cipher. Yeah. Um, Isn't he just like a Groot at that point? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But he's, but he's. I don't know if you guys caught it. He took over the lifeless corpse of Cipher. Yeah. Yes. They made, like, he I don't looks know if like I a, realized that the first. He kind of. He's got nice Groot cos- cosplay going. Yeah. yeah Does yeah, he yeah. have the yeah. jacket? <laughs> oh, dude, if only. I, wish. I don't think they fit his, his. Oh, that's them going on stout. that big. Um, well, that's a different life, actually. That's a different run. Which one? Was the that one we're was talking about. Is that, diff- is that different nine. than Wolverine in the zoo with the blue? Yeah. Af- like, like, hey, the, we're getting ascended tomorrow, mm-hmm. so smoke them while you got them. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, like, that's so the life you're talking about. This is why this book gets crazy, and <laughs> yeah. we're sorry. Yep, we're like, all, it it's already. It's like a. It's like a tangled up ball of Christmas lights. Essentially, <laughs> I think a good way to look at it, all the s- storylines of Mora's life, except for the main ho- house of 
uh, X house uh, storyline are all ways to get Moira information about all of the things that are happening, like all the Sentinels. So like that, like and they specifically go like, to stop Nimrod. Yeah, all they, of so her they lives a, become yeah, to stop Nimrod. They go on a suicide run, basically when the life you're talking about, which has some dope action scenes, by the oh, way, Rasputin yeah, yeah, yeah. is fucking sick. Apocalypse mm-hmm. does some sweet shit all to get some data to know where like Nimrod and stuff kind of came from where he came online. Yeah. To yeah, get when that he data. Came, yeah. 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 So so yeah, that's the ninth life. That's I'm, the I'm ninth sorry. life. That's, yes, exactly. And in that in that ninth life, they they break into Nimrod's uh like data center, and yeah. they're like, what? So they're gonna see us if they like if they know what we're looking for. They're gonna find us. So they they like specifically go into the data history, which wouldn't seem mm-hmm. to be valuable whatsoever. It's like the history of mechanics and the history of Nimrod, and they steal the date that he came online Which and they leads they us put directly that... into the storyline going on in house in 10 in, in her 10th life exactly house, house so X. we can we'll ten. we'll circle back <laughs> and then yeah. like what you know nick was mentioning the the post human the zoo thing that's like that's when they figure out the inevitability of it like yeah. this is gonna happen uh almost no matter what but like they still try to stop it but like it's they're pretty much screwed yeah. <laughs> they're running on pure face <laughs> at that point that like every yeah. everyone yeah. the whole universe is telling mutants you are not going to survive this is the end point and they're still like no yeah they're still yeah. fighting it which if they're x-men so it makes yeah. perfect sense they're obviously. constantly <laughs> fighting their own extinction and yeah which is it has to be exhausting i know right <laughs> well they talk about that a lot like yeah. that's that's the whole premise of this book and then all of the x book x-men books that that you know come after kind of come after yeah it's talking about that that concept of like we can finally stop fighting for survival and thrive we can live live instead of yeah we can finally play a goddamn game of baseball for once (laughs) (laughs) and not worry about sentinels coming to to the end and not yeah not getting interrupted by like yeah Yeah, there's that there's a brilliant line by magneto where uh he says like that's the one good thing that humans came up with is the idea of like society and yeah, yeah, right. you know, stopping hunting and gathering and starting to like stay in a place. Yeah. And that's what they want. They just want their own place. And that's what this whole thing's about. And like, I thought th- it was a really cool way through powers to show through the different lives, like how they're gathering this information and through Moira uh, and to, to do that. To, actually- to put to put down some seeds, if you will. Mm. Nice. I see yeah. what you did there. I see yeah, what you yeah, did yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it. I think yeah, so we can kind of kick back to the the house of it all, I guess. The um, the, <laughs> the, the, the tenth whole house life, of X of it all. The, the tenth life, which is the I guess we call it, for lack of a better term, the the prime timeline. Like that's yeah, the timeline the that X Men that we're, so is where the sort we're of at. Prime the time. sort of running narrative of House of X is just like the establishment of Krakoa, the yeah. the you know the kind of sounding of the horn, and like the establishment of like this new world order. And they do such a. Dude, they do it in such a fucking boss way. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and they they do it. I both the way that the book is told and the way that the mutants do it is yeah. both incredible because it's told backwards. Like now reading this a second time and knowing where it's going is really fascinating because yeah. the first time you're like, wait, what are they talking about? They're talking about drugs and they're talking yeah. about a, a new language. What the? And then you realize, oh. Yeah, we, this haven't, is, we haven't this, seen that part yet. We yeah. haven't seen Xavier announce to the world telepathically that's like, this is our nation state. 
You mm-hmm. are going to give us sovereignty, and in return, we're going to give you these life-saving drugs. and Which do some incredible things. They cure basically everything. Yeah. And if they're and planted, they make gates back to Krakoa, which is awesome. <laughs> and they ex- they've extended the human lifespan by, like... Was like five five years or like something? a significant five years. five, five years, five years. a significant amount though. Uh, yeah. Well, they, they also eliminate all mental illnesses and mental, yeah. mental disease, like the degenerative mental disease. And yeah. uh, there's like a, um, I forget how they describe it, but it's like an antibiotic that basically cures yeah, like all da- illnesses and cancers. It, yeah. So, because yeah. of course there is. Yeah. So, the- but if we if we've learned anything over the last two years, it's that the people who need it the most would refuse to take it. Oh yeah, honestly. <laughs> Damn. Came from mutants. Just like, no, thank you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's got that's got mutant microchips in it. It's just like, bro, they already know where you are. They don't care. It's they exactly have like backups they don't of care. your brain. One of them just talked to you through your mind, bro. <laughs> that's how you found yeah. out about the medicine. He told you. <laughs> yeah, like life. they're good. <laughs> so, I I guess we could just say that uh, the X Men are establishing a nation, and they are using these yes. drugs that they have created through the natural resources of the of the island um to barter for uh like legitimacy yeah legitimacy as a nation um and obviously there's there's countries that don't uh align themselves and like won't partake like wakanda because they like we don't need that shit yeah, which I love. Like, yeah, they show like a because there's like an, eventually they do it in such a great way. But yeah, I love. There's a data page talking about when they there's like votes on it, and Wakanda's yes. like, "No, we're good. We have all this stuff." I never thought my favorite part of a comic book would ever be graphs. Oh Dude. yeah, oh the, the data graphs, page. The data you. pages and yeah. the data pages in here are not. Uh, there's many, and they're all gorgeous. Um, not to completely call out Adam, but I'm gonna call out Adam. Uh, when we first started doing this show however many freaking years ago at this point uh there were multiple times where he's like oh yeah no i didn't read that page he's just like you have to read the data <laughs> i, I specifically the important part. Th- there was a there was a lot of this book on the reread that like i didn't need to reread like the, the stuff that's just like tattooed in my brain and then yeah. there's like i i made myself read all the data pages this time and you were right you were right <laughs> I should have just eaten my broccoli and, you know, because it's all the stuff. It's it. all the like, wait, what? And it's like, here's it. Here's two pages of data. Yeah. It's like, they're oh, expertly placed. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. they I'm, are. I'm literally just on the Moira Lives data pages mm. now oh, so that I can like, keep so that cool. straight. Because, yeah. yeah, that's that that sums up so much of what's going on and really like keeps it very like neat, yeah. you know? So I love like after they do like, so they told in order, but like the way your first real. Like, the first issue is really, you kind of get a couple, it's it's Magneto meeting with these um, ambassadors. ambassadors from all over the place. Quote-unquote ambassadors. Quote-unquote ambassadors. And then, like, by the end of it, you have uh, the cuckoos are just like, they're like, then spying on them, basically figure out all of them are full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um they haven't really been shown anything and they're just there to kind of see what's going on. And Magneto's like, look, we're not asking for permission here. We're telling you what's happening. You can say yes or no. And then delivers this insane monologue, which, which ends with probably one of the best lines in this whole fucking series. Just, you have new gods now. And it's just like, I love how much Magneto revels in it. 
This oh, is yeah. this is what he's, he's like been trying to do. for everything. Well, Leave us the fuck alone. That part, like, <laughs> that, and then also that for uh, Apocalypse too, dude. When, awesome. when Apocalypse yeah. first gets to the island, and they're like, "You're not gonna cause trouble, are you?" And he's like, "Trouble." It's like this is what I've wanted. This is what I've fought my yeah. entire existence for. Literally, which is a long centuries, existence. Centuries <laughs> of fighting to you know to have this be a, a it's a dream realized really yeah he's, he's, he's so like, I, proud I, of them yeah, yeah. he's like i'm, I'm yeah. so proud that you finally like reached your potential i always yeah. knew that you had it's i like, like that he, he shows up and a bunch of doves just land on him well because he's coming back home because we get that backstory of <laughs> yeah. where kirko is backstory basically um, yeah and and i love that you know again upon the first read when all of the villains just walk through that that mm-hmm. portal at the same time, you're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> I like how Logan's like, are we sure about this, Chuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, now we know Apocalypse played nice, like, the whole time. He did some shady shit, but for, like, good reason. It was all and really for didn't... the advancement of mutant kind. Exactly. Like, yeah. he really just, like, didn't tell people what he was up to with the Ten of Swords, and that was kind of, like, the worst thing that he did. But, like, all these mutants are actually playing nice. Sinister's kind of the only one that's still on he's his still bullshit. Pre- he's pretty he's still, dicey. <laughs> he's still on his bullshit. But everybody else is like, oh, wow, yeah, uh, Exodus, and, uh, yeah, like... this yeah. is pretty nice. There's this yeah, weird, everyone's There's along. this really cathartic sense of, like, acceptance from all of the characters, even, like, Sinister and Apocalypse or Magneto. They're like, look, we're not... We know who you are. We've been through this over and over again. And, like, for the first mm-hmm. time... All of our interests are aligned, and we can let you be yourself. Like even like Emma Frost and all these different characters. Yeah, like you said, they're almost resetting every character in the universe too. It's like, look, we're all mutants. Come to Krakoa, the slate is wiped clean. Yeah, basically starting and now. Then, and then if you fuck up, we will. <laughs> the, we have laws. The worst. <laughs> Don't fuck the up. Worst yeah, thing you can, can imagine. In a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, as we call Our, it on the show, the forever box. Oh, cool. <laughs> right around this issue in the main timeline, they were shortly after the reading. Uh, the the six the sixth not the sixth life the uh, the ninth life where they get the Nimrod information, and then they decide, all right, we got to go kill this mother mold. And go on this suicide run to basically stop Nimrod from coming online. Mother Mold is a thing, is a word I don't like to say. It feels weird to <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, it feels weird. So it's basically a Mother Mold that can make <laughs> Master Molds. M- Master Molds Which and just sentinels. make Nimrods and Sentinels and shit. So it's basically the first step to really for Nimrod to come online, which is bad news bears. Um, again, uh, we'll just gloss over the action seek. Like, Gorgeous! Oh the, my god! Uh, I this, forgot the, the um the like the water telepathy oh, thing with yeah. Gene that they had. Oh my god, that thing was so cool. Well, this is also like there in in X Men in general. There's always been parts of what they call like mutant technology. So like yeah. Colossus and and Wolverine doing the fastball special. That's like the first yeah. really classic, really iconic the use of mutant technology. Mm-hmm. And this book takes that and goes, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. And yeah, like, we're gonna daisy that, chain our telepathy so we can talk across the fucking galaxy. And yeah, have and have a physical manifestation of our telepathy using storms. So everyone else can like, see it. Exactly. It's yeah. We crazy. just we just threw her up on the zoom of uh, <laughs> yeah, of our minds. Up on the wall. Yeah. It, it's not. It's not just like 
a cool combo in in Marvel versus Capcom. It's like actual, <laughs> yeah, technology. Which cool. which also brings us to the five. So so in well, that's why, that's why I wanted to bring it up. So like yeah. at the time of reading this, so they're going on this big mission, right? And it kind of goes to shit pretty oh, much immediately. No, real bad. Shot in the head. Shikovs gets shot in the head. We have an awesome Wolverine burns between Logan and Kurt was a great yeah. But they do end up succeeding. Yeah. Um. But at that time, we're like, um. Okay. So I remember reading this the first time. This issue came out. It's like they just killed every classic X Men. Every single X Men. Every single one of them. The the blue and gold team are down. What the (laughs) fuck just happened? And then obviously the next issue. This is when we get introduced to the five. Um. And And we get the. yeah, yeah, for, for, for who, those, anyone who doesn't know yet. Yeah, for for those of you who are, are just joining X Men comics at this point, uh, the five is the. Let's see if we can get this completely quintessential mutant technology for for this era of X Men, and it is um, uh, the, the what are the different? Well, most names? importantly, um, you got gold balls. Yes, you got gold my, balls. My <laughs> boy, you know the gold name? balls. They've been eggs yeah, this just, whole it's, time. It's Hope, <laughs> Elixir, Proteus, Egg, and. Uh, yeah. So oh, basically, Tempest. they yeah, have Tempest. Uh, no, they have Tempest. There we go. Yeah, I was thing, forgetting one. They, they have these gold balls, and they figured out that they have bio matter in them, and they're like, okay, but then we figured that we're eggs, and then Proteus basically makes them viable eggs. Um, Elixir. Prote- kicks- Proteus can reality work. So yeah. We, so he basically so he takes, takes these yeah. masses of bio, like nothing, and makes them. Oh, these are. These are eggs now. Yeah. We just have yeah. to put DNA in them. So they take a DNA sample from the mutants, put in the egg, squirt it a- in. Elixir kickstarts the replication process, and then um, what's her name? Tempest. Oh. Uh, Te- Tempest. Oh, just press the fast forward button, and then Hope is just there. It's like, yep, it's all gonna work perfect. Right. Yeah, Hope yeah. is just there to turn everyone up to eleven. Because Hope and is then like keep a everyone. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So b- doing that. They now can resurrect. Oh, and then they resurrect the mutants from their from a physical bo- perspective. And then we found out a little bit later, Xavier commissioned um, Forge to build this new Cerebro that can store backups of all the mutants' um, minds, and he dumps them back into the body. So they're as they were since their last backup. Their last so checkpoint. Yeah, their last. Yeah, they, exactly. They explain it as the. The spirit is stored, like the anima of the person. Yes, that's how they describe it. Yeah. So they just so it's, beat death. But so it's not I, just I, their memories; it's it's who they are as a as a person is stored, for lack of a better term. But like, yeah. I do want to go back to Gold Balls. Gold Balls <laughs> for a while was one just one of my favorite mutants because like not every mutant ability is useful or like it's not going to be. And Gold Balls was just like. I can just manifest these kickballs out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> and, and I always loved that. And it was like, nope, joke's on you. He can create life with the He's literally like, one of the most crucial mutants. <laughs> You've taken these five mutants and made them the most important five mutants now. Well, he can't do it Krakoa. without the, the others. Right. right. Sure. All yeah. five of them are needed to make There's this. There's this really like, yeah, uh, crazy part in one of the graphs where they go out of their way to say that it makes them happier and feel better each successive time that they do it. Yeah. And it only yeah. makes them closer to each other. Like it's this intensely yeah. emotional experience yeah, every it time. It talks <laughs> about like it's not even it's not even tiresome for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it's right. almost like they're like it, it replenishes like, them. It's like going to church yeah, or yeah. something. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's well, they, like, they've yeah. kind of become gods. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I imagine be, gods. Yeah. I imagine being a god and playing god every day is going to make you pretty stoked. <laughs> yeah, right? just pulling someone out physically out of the void and being like, <laughs> "You're fine now." But like, the, like, the, it's it's so earth shattering and brain shattering because like it, it changes the way you it changes ha- everything. It forces you to change the way you think about what happens after you die. So like. I keep right. imagining, like, if there is some paradise, they're just like reaching into it and. <laughs> and it, it's it's really, it is really interesting to read later pa- uh, past this series and to mm-hmm. for them to explore the ramifications of essentially not being able to die anymore. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. a lot of the books are talking about that now. So, yeah, well, especially Way of X. That's that's uh, Nightcrawler's main book, and he's had a whole crisis of faith over this. He's just like death isn't even like. Yeah, what's the fuck happening? I mean, he had that, he had that exactly. beautiful line that you know, like like Adam said, is like tattooed into my brain. Where him and he and Logan know they're about to die, but they have to finish the mission. And he's like, "When we, yeah. when you wake from this earthly slumber, my friend, like, look for me. I'll be waiting for you." And I remember like tearing up of like, "Holy shit!" Like, and yeah, like, <laughs> which, but yeah. now that's not true reading anymore. It the first time, it was. yeah, reading it the first time, it's like it fuck, is. It man. is funny though. <laughs> Nightcrawler is like one of the few mutants that has gone to like literal heaven. So <laughs> right. does that? Does that make it more like he was like more or less confusing about this process? Yeah, he, I feel got, like it he might got to go to literal confusing. heaven and he was a pirate there. And I think that's <laughs> awesome. I feel like it might be more confusing because it's like I've seen the afterlife. Wow, that's, I mean, that's I true. And you guys are skipping now, it. And now yeah. I'm now I'm yeah, exactly now we are doing something so, completely different. I think the resurrection process that Hickman created is interesting on a, on a few different levels. One. It's it cuts through a lot of bullshit because death had essentially lost all its potency in comic books since mm-hmm. Gwen Stacy died. Like yeah, yeah. It, it's so hard. Like it's it is a great narrative, like emotional device. But in comics, it's hard. You know, it it's hard to get that kind of feeling from the fiftieth Phoenix. Um, right, because he he just you know they've just been doing this so much, and you know you can't keep your your all star characters dead forever because you you want them right. around. Um, yeah. So and honestly, killing off characters in comics is lazy because it will always elicit an emotional response, right. even if you kind of know oh they'll be back whatever. Um, and yeah, this this premise is just like oh do better. Comics yeah. are right. harder now. But I, I think, right. it, uh, yeah, so I think it's interesting from that perspective. Um, then I also think it's interesting because uh, there's lots of, you know, lots of criticism or, you know, hesitation for, for this about like, oh, they're not the same people, they're clones or pod people or whatever. But <laughs> I think this is a cool commentary on, well, d- look at Cyclops. Stan Lee's Cyclops isn't the same as Hickman's Cyclops, but there is some kind of otherworldly, yeah, essence or something like the anima mm-hmm. or spirit that is collected yeah. by Cerebro that makes that character the same. Uh, it, it connects yep. these writers through decades of history of a character, and it, it kind of materializes that into the pages. And it's that's beautiful, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. I, and, on, and in addition to that, like, all these characters that we've seen and have come and gone, like, now there's an opportunity to have them all come back in yeah, that same right. way. Meta- yeah. to, to dump out the toy box, so to speak. And metatextually, yeah. it was an opportunity to 
sort of you know characters that have been done dirty in the past um could be resurrected you know like there was i, yes. I think uh, uh wolfsbane from new mutants like right, yeah. she she got like a new lease on life and like these like oh you know these it never we never it stuck in the craw what happened to these characters on this run by this writer now we can bring them back yes yeah, especially exactly. wolfsbane like there's that the first panel we see of her she's like happily sitting in a garden and it's mm-hmm. a gorgeous panel yeah, yeah. Uh, and then she, and then we get to have her see her cope with the loss of her son mm-hmm. and then like the yeah the, there's a lot of cool storylines to be d- explored there's a lot of good stories to whole... tell by bringing some of these characters back absolutely and they've explored a ton of them obviously since and, and also, they've, they've, they've and this is a light spoiler too like it, it's it's like any plot device in comics it it works best when there's times where it doesn't work or it won't work absolutely. or maybe yeah. it won't work it's right. like it's like spider-man running out of web fluid in that sense like yes it's <laughs> right. it's this perfect way out of any situation but it it has to have i mean i don't think this is a spoiler for any particular plot there it, it pops up multiple times but um like clones yeah like what do you do with like there's like 10 different wolverines what do you do if one of them dies you it know? brings then, up like, a lot of ethical yeah. and moral questions about the resurrection protocol who and what qualifies and all of that stuff yeah who um, used, someone who used to be a mutant but isn't anymore yeah and, and so there's like, people right. displaced from time so you have two versions of them or are they the same version and right yeah all kinds which of i think like again that. uh if you're interested in any of these questions <laughs> just keep reading because they <laughs> talk about a lot of this stuff in yeah these, absolutely in these, um, if you're curious stories. about any piece of this go to yeah. your local comic shop ask them what they're like hey where do they talk about uh they've also the been existential crisis them, of krakoa and then they've like, been oh, collecting them really good like they like they're kind of collecting them in order as they came out so yeah. like a nice easy reading order for a lot of if you want to just read them depending trade, on how so. you want to collect them yeah depending on how you want to collect them yeah um, like also before we get too far from it i while we were talking about um uh nightcrawler and logan having yeah. their like Kurt and logan having their discussion right before they literally like plummet to their fiery doom <laughs> they're getting uh, thrown into the sun don't they thrown yeah. into the sun literally yeah bamf directly into the sun they're just close enough to it that it doesn't fucking matter it's <laughs> yeah. that's crazy but specifically what nightcrawler says is ambiguous enough that you can either say they knew they were going to die and it was permanent or that they knew they were coming back because he says, when you wake from this earthly slumber, my friend, look for me. I will be there waiting for you, radiant with arms open. And that really, yeah, yeah. it, so, it works really well. Too. It I works really it, well it, for the, um, uh, like the, the entire like resurrection process it works is in a two ways. entirely spiritual I mean, experience. the opening... Uh, well, yeah, we can get into that I mean, too because I want to talk about that. The first page of yeah. this book, that kind of creepy, iconic shot of Professor X wading through yeah. the goop. It's it's very biblical. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. And like, then, yeah, that whole that that ceremony where Storm is like, that's what I do we to know? Mention. Yeah. Do we yeah. know her? Who is this? This is this is my friend Jean Grey. But I who know is him. She? Yeah. Who is yeah, she? Yeah. And they have to say something like, and that's what's kind of like mutant, so, and they all they're all chanting mutant. It's so like, reading yeah, this again, like they yeah. knew because the first thing Scott knows, or first thing Scott does is ask Xavier, did it work? Mm. So yeah, they knew so, they so were going to die. Knew, yeah. They knew yeah. they had the pro- We didn't know yet, obviously. But then, obviously. like you said, I remember talking about this the first time. This particular issue with the when they first get resurrected and this whole thing. We talked about this one a lot. Like this one really stood out because this was like, okay, this is different now because, yeah. like you said, they had this full on ceremony where, like, oh, who are you? Oh, I'm Jean Grey Marvel, and then they have to say something to Storms. Like, I know you. 
who are you mutant it's like this is not just x-men this, anymore this, isn't this the, is we, different this isn't now. the science of resurrection this is the spiritual re-embodiment of a of a yeah. mutant. like this is creating yeah. a religion around it was a religious this. experience it, instead it, yeah. and it kind of makes it still important like e- even if yo, yeah, oh, well, they can just hatch like well no it's a big deal when this happens it's like a very emotional ceremony every yeah. time yeah 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 we didn't we didn't talk too much about just kind of how much when this book came out how much of a just a huge uh shift in things for x-men this book was if, mm-hmm. if you're re- if this is like your first introduction to x-men obviously like you know they they everything that they establish is new and you, you get that feeling but these but like you know the x-men have been a school of people trying to mm. uh fight for survival for 60 years and now they're suddenly like on top of the world they're you know <laughs> they've established their dominance right literally overnight well they're yeah. also united too like they don't right mutants don't have really much reason to to beef with each other anymore i think that's yeah, one of the fighting magneto or apocalypse i think that's one of the yeah. few things that you kind of miss out on if you're not uh at least somewhat of an x-men fan before you read it that villains page of just how like just how huge it is that these characters are side by side the fact yeah. that right. there yeah. is a a governing council with exodus and a and mr sinister and like <laughs> it, it's it's crazy to think about it if you if you told any x-men fan even just 5 years ago that this is where oh, they'd yeah. be no one would believe you it's yeah. a- I mean, if you told me when I was reading this the first time that they were all going to get along and basically still have the same goal, what, like three years later at this point that we yeah. are? Um, and that, like, essentially very few intermingled squabbles amongst, like, the Quiet Council or just villains and heroes. Yeah, for the in most general. part, it's There's been, a couple. It's been like, okay. Uh, you know, uh, the Shadow King's kind of getting fucky. We say that, we say that right before yeah. Inferno comes out. Yeah, right before. It <laughs> yeah. might, right before Inferno. Yeah, yeah. It, might, it might be. We all might get be burned little, to the ground. The, We're still in um, the bliss of having not yet read Inferno. The, the great, the the great thing. The but see, the great thing about this book is that it it immediately posits problems. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It does. It doesn't play this straight as right as a perfect answer to everything. Yeah. And that, yeah, we got so a couple like, big ones. Hickman. Yeah. Was you know Hickman didn't create this to be a utopia. This there's. Obviously, kinks in the system right, right from the get-go. And we've already done Utopia. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, that, uh, that turned out less than great. As yeah. yeah, that all, wasn't ideal. That, that's one of my favorite parts, actually, when they uh, meet up with Emma, and she's like, yeah, you're going to take mention. all the mutants and put them on an island? She's lived through two genocides. <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, you, you idiots! You're just doing it Did again! Did you not learn? Is that yeah, your yeah, only you, idea? Did you forget... <laughs> I do like the, I don't remember all the details, but I do liked the few pages of them recruiting her, really, to, to the goal. It's really well done, yeah, because um, she gets, uh, I, yeah. I remember RJ's favorite panel just being like, once more for the children. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, that's all she cares about, that's all she's ever trying to do, and she's like, I'll give it one more shot, but I don't, yeah. I'm not, I don't like it. But kind of to RJ's point, they 
there's problems from the jump because Xavier and Magneto are like, look, we're going to have you on the Quiet Council. Uh, you'll get two seats. Like, wait, two? It's like, no, Shaw's coming too. And he's like, um, we just got rid of that motherfucker. Yeah. No. And they're like, well, all right. They kind of convince her and she's like, well, I need three spots. Yeah. And so she can name um, her, her, her red king or queen, I believe, at the time. No, it's, uh, yeah, the red queen. Yeah. Well, they red, just say we, three spots. We know. They just say three spots. We know who it ends up being. Um, and spoiler, at this point. it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> fucking rules. Um, um, yeah, and uh, to that uh, note, well, then I we also... get to the actual council meeting, which we were kind oh. of talking about, which I think is really important because this this is where okay, because in early on, Mystique and all of them go on a and Toad, I believe, and and Sabretooth go on a mission to kind of steal some data for something, and it. It goes wrong and Sabretooth just kills a bunch of motherfuckers because he's an <laughs> idiot. Which is, there's a great scene early on where like they're trying to escape to the Krakoan Gate and they kind of have a confrontation with the Fantastic Four. And then Cyclops comes out and is like, "No, we got him. We're a nation now. You're gonna extradite him back to us. You can't do anything about it." And like, you sure, bro? He's like, "Yeah, I'm sure." And he's like, "Yeah, tell your kid Franklin uh, whenever he's ready, he's welcome." It's like, "Oh, damn! Yeah. Shots fired!" <laughs> and and at that point, he he kind of relents. He's like, "Okay, all right, you can have him for now." And then yeah. they send in the big guns, and Emma gets him back later on. And that's pretty great. Too. Her entrance, yeah, is that, so good. So yeah, because then they kind of he's on trial, and Emma's like, "No, he's not." <laughs> He will not we're, be judged by your God, love, We're taking I love him. that scene where, like, the woman holds a gun to her and it's like, let's pretend that you thought you could beat me. Yeah, let's <laughs> pretend, like, I'll put, you know, I won't say anything. I pretend that you could stop or I would, you were, you had a chance to stop me and I'll pretend yeah. like you ever had a chance to shoot me or something I, I like love, that. No, it no, was it's awesome. It's, you pretend, you pretend that you're doing something for the greater American good oh, and I'll it. pretend that you could have stopped me. Yeah, uh, that's the <laughs> I just, what and a it's, badass line. It's great too before she enters and see. Sabretooth is like, do you smell that? It's Jasmine. That means you're fired. <laughs> yeah, there's this really exciting part of this whole series, especially House, because that's kind of like the building of it. That is like every character is just playing at the top of their intelligence. Like, like oh, Cyclops yeah. is like, no, I'm not going to get in a dumb fight with the Fantastic Four because I know yep. Emma's got it handled through the books legally. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah. and like Apocalypse is like, no, I'm not going to just like get mad because like I know that this is what, what I've, you know, everyone is just operating at such a higher level than sometimes they are and it just makes cat you want to read the book more and more right they kind of have like a they have their place now too right they they don't have to be jockeying all over apocalypse like all right xavier you're gonna run this shit and i'm gonna do everything i can to keep this going too and like everyone's kind of their their role it's also funny because like uh part of that is just hickman understanding the characters really well and then also part of it is kind of mirroring hickman's own flex with this book of just like, okay, you thought you knew <laughs> X Men. Now let me just completely change everything. Oh, like, absolutely! The whole yeah. game is different now. Yeah, and I, I think that's Hickman has a lot of strength. One being that he is playing 4D chess while we're all fucking playing checkers, <laughs> and <laughs> the other being he can write these characters so well. And before I remember when it was like announced that Hickman was writing this, he put out like when he was still on Twitter. God bless him. Um, he posted something like his like top five favorite mutants, and I remember RJ specifically was really hyped that like number one was Magneto, number two was Emma. Um, I forget the rest of the list, but like you can tell, like those are clearly yeah. two of his favorite characters because he nails the voice so spectacularly, and he nails that like 
I've always said that Xavier is not really a good guy. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, he's always had this, like, the God complex and, like, yeah, he's doing it for the right reasons, but not always the right things. He, he's, he's literally sending children into war for him, you know, for yeah. his agenda. Um, so, but, yeah, Hickman gets that, and he uses that, like, yeah, sure, he's usually a good guy until he's not. And that that ambiguity is really interesting because you don't usually see people lean into that. I kinda, it's either one or the other. I kind of wonder sometimes how much Hickman is interested in dialogue because it, I feel like he would make a whole comic a graph if he could. You know, um, it's, it's so interesting because like, I, I totally feel that. But then like, and going back to what Casey was saying of like every single mutant, even the mutants with like five lines, like Toad is like the, right. the most Toad. Um, yeah. Something yeah. I've been meaning to get off my chest, kind of a, a mea culpa, if you will, um, is on, on franchiseography. We just did Hot Mutant Summer, where we did all the X Men movies. And uh, Scott and I sort of, uh, I think we were unfair to the character of Jean Grey. Um, you know, where we were kind of like, what's her character? What's her personality? And the Jean, mm. the Jean Grey in this book has like maybe 10 lines, maybe less. But it's like, oh, that's Jean Grey. I know exactly who this character is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like her resurrection like experience when like Storm is like, "Who are you?" and she's like, "Oh, honey, I'm the only one of me there she, could ever she's be." She's yeah. like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah." She's a tough character because, you know, if not written correctly, there isn't much there, but there's a lot like, you know, it needs someone to like Hickman to really uh use all of the the space available for her. Mm-hmm. Um Absolutely. All these characters, none of them feel like each other. They all feel extremely unique, and like Nick said, like they feel like who th- they feel very true. I, if you know the characters, they feel like their authentic self. To me, it's like these are a very unique, strong. Like I'm new to a lot of these characters, where it's like, yeah, all right, this character is not like anybody else, and that's good. Like it's they're very unique, and they're all very. They can almost stand on their own, as we see in all of the X books that come after them. This is going to sound really dumb, but I'm a really I'm a really big fan of uh just art created by people that really care and it feels like right. Hickman I mean Hickman obviously really really cares about these characters and yeah I I would rather read a comic book about someone I, like a character that I don't really like that much as long as the writer really cares about them versus a comic book with characters I love with someone who is just disinterested kind of phoning it yeah because you're going to get a more authentic story right but so like i feel like this is the the perfect example of why i feel that way yeah yeah and and it's it's we're really starting to i mean like i feel like comics have been around long enough that there have been a couple generations of writers that were fans of it growing up that then got to like you know there's your um grant morrison's and your alan moore's and your neil gaiman's that like it, it shaped who they were as people and they were fans through their whole lives and then created the next generation and now we're at an, a generation that grew up reading grant morrison and alan right. moore and neil Gaiman yeah. when they were kids mm-hmm. and so you have this like generational fandom where like not only did, did does hickman love x-men and he's been reading it his whole life his dad could have also done that you know what i mean it, it, mm-hmm. like it's this it's almost a disservice to the characters to get somebody who hasn't been a lifetime fan yeah. right. to write X-Men and, because there's so much there. And to go back to what, what Nick was saying, uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, threads throughout franchiseography and how you guys covered X-Men is is pinpointing all of the, the mistakes that were made by like suits at 
Fox <laughs> who were like, oh, well, this has to work as a movie, so we can't do it the way we want it to. And this book is is such a good example of what can happen when those voices kind of take a giant step back yeah, and go like, okay, well, how would you do it? Like, let's yeah, give this to someone. This, sure. Can you imagine this X-Men movie? I oh think God. about it a lot. I really like, hope this is... Holy <laughs> um, yeah, I was like fl- flipping through this book and like I went to a comic book store yesterday and they had like Marvel Legends figures for like, you know, Professor X with the Cerebro helmet and like uh-huh. white oh, suit yeah. Magneto. And I'm like, if I yeah. ever see a live action version of the Cerebro helmet and like the skin suit, like that's going to be a, a watershed moment for me. I yeah, am going yeah. to cry if there's a live action Nimrod. Like I'm just going to oh, yeah, cry. That would be nuts. <laughs> that would be nuts. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's also really interesting specifically that you mentioned like this, is what would happen if those suits kind of like take a step back because that's exactly what happened here. Yeah. Marvel is also really guilty of shooting themselves in the foot, especially when it comes to like big events and crossovers and that kind of shit. And they did a really revolutionary thing with the X-Men bullpen with Hickman. Uh-huh. They gave Hickman full reign. They called him the head of X. He is now like, he's not quite the editor and he's not quite just a writer. He's somewhere in between where he's piloting all of these like intertwining plot lines. So like, even if it's not a crossover, these books are You got a project manager running f- yeah. these books instead yeah. of and, just like, going to an and, editor seeing pages without everything. You have someone organizing this. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah, and someone who cares and someone who's who's brainstorming with other creators yeah. and they're like they're having regular zoom meetings right. where they're like figuring out what to do next rather than just being like i'm gonna do this fuck yeah, all y'all you know yeah, like exactly that's, there was this yeah. really exciting time if you were picking up the single issues if there was like a map of like okay what uh-huh. interested you about this did you get like i was like super excited when emma was like oh so you need me to be the east india trading company of krakoa and it's like, there's a, there's a book yeah. called Marauders. That's like a fun pirate book. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, yeah. there, it, it felt yeah. so designed and orchestrated in a really cool way. Absolutely. Yeah, like, this, oh, this, are yeah. you psyched on like whatever Apocalypse is going to be doing with crazy magic? You Just go read Excalibur. Yeah. 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 Excalibur and then fucking wait. It's interesting <laughs> to kind of, uh, you know, uh, go back on the whole uh, suits interfering thing. But there was a plan by Hickman for the original first issue post- this series to be a book that would be one story but launch all the separate titles it was gonna right. it was gonna uh but that got nipped in the bud <laughs> uh, that's dumb yeah it, it would have been really cool to see that would have been crazy yeah, yeah. so we, all those this, books that came out of it be in one book that'd be but nuts. marvel does do that a little bit like um they do this they do this one book that's like one story but in it is a bunch of different um kind yeah, of events yeah, like, that um, launch separate titles. Marvel right. Legacy was probably the most recent yeah. that, that comes to mind. And yeah, like uh, Infinite Frontier for DC just did the right, same yeah. thing. Like, yeah, it almost reads like a previews where it's like, oh, if you Which like this, cool. go read this. Yeah. Yeah. But um, th- yeah. this book serves as a blueprint of here's how you write comic books in the future. Like, So I kind of had a thing. It's like um, people... Hickman kind of announced that after Inferno, he wouldn't be uh, writing a, a book for X-Men anymore, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, and there was a bunch of people really sad, which, you know, understandable. But I've, I reread this, this book for the show, and I can't, like, he could have just done House and Powers, and I would have been satisfied. He, he <laughs> changed the... the the area of comics that means the most to me for the future, for 
who knows how long. He laid out such a wide and long roadmap, right? That and I think, yeah, I think an interesting thing that could happen too, like, yeah, if he's not writing, but like he could still be involved in that high level capacity. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see something like this in another uh, property. Yeah. So, so the the rumor that's going around that I cannot strictly confirm because I can't find exactly where to confirm it, but pretty good authority. There's a rumor going around that Hickman is taking a step back. For now, so basically, up through Inferno is like the truly the phase one, yeah. And this phase two, he's not really going to be a part of, but they mapped out the whole plot, right? And then phase three, he's going to come back and and really finish out his. So this is this is truly years in It'd making. Be great, too. It's gonna and, be crazy. And to that point, um, there were some parts of House and Powers getting back to the book. Th- yeah, that I was going to loop us back shortly. Yeah, um, there were there were parts that. Looking back after the last like three years of content that's that we've seen, uh, we're really well integrated in there. He's known exactly up through Inferno oh, yeah. exactly what was going to happen Absolutely. this whole time. And like, yeah, there's one part that kind of felt like really confusing at the time where um, Cypher is is learning Krakoa's language, mm-hmm. and he's like, and Xavier's like, oh, yeah, he says he's sad, and Cypher's like, it's a little bit more complicated than that, and then explains the entire. Uh, history of the island the history of the island and arako versus krakoa and like how they Uh were split in two by the twilight sword and that like these other mutants went off to arako and they haven't been back since and it's just like oh that's the entire ten of swords event like that's just (laughs) it's right (laughs) there it's in the like it's not yep yeah it's it's a it's a roadmap and then at one point this is way more subtle but uh when um magneto and xavier are talking to emma and explaining how they're going to set up the the quiet council yep and she's like she's like this is temporary right like we're gonna come up with something better than this like really no no not really but <laughs> but magneto says specifically well this is just the spark mm-hmm. that will turn into a raging inferno he says inferno yeah. so, he says inferno <laughs> twice yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was definitely also, intentional there's also a sinister secret that mentions inferno i think i brought yeah. that up yeah. on the show um yeah yeah i was waiting for inferno to come about for so kind of year perfect way to get back into the plot so yeah. <laughs> we're kind of at the point where they we're seeing the quiet council now so we're seeing everybody we have well, it's all everybody. laid out we see the large majority of the quiet council uh, everyone but the red queen <laughs> yeah so we have um krakoa them, themself <laughs> um, himself. doug well it's krakoa and cypher together and, uh, yeah. you know xavier magneto mystique um nightcrawler um, well, if we're going to do this, let's do it right. Okay, so um, the the yeah yeah yeah. Let me let me find the the data page that has all the content because they they lay it out entirely. I got it. I got you. You got it. So you got four. They do it in like a couple sections. So it's autumn, which is Professor X, Magneto, Apocalypse, which is like yo, that's a trio right there. That's a yeah. Winter is Mister Sinister, Exodus, Mystique. Spring is uh, Shaw, Frost, and Red Queen is Redacted, which we. I don't know, do we want to just say who because we know who the fuck it is? <laughs> like, uh, we don't have to. No, no let's, let's, let's keep, we'll keep that it split. light. So, go summer read Marauders is, um, if you want to find out. There you go. Uh, summer is Storm, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, and the go look at the just... Go look at the cover of the first issue of Marauders if you Yeah. And then Krakoa <laughs> is uh, just Cypher and Krakoa. I also like how they mention that there's four great captains, which are basically the captains if there's like a shit that goes down. And 
it's yeah, the, the none are captains. higher than the others, but there is one that's if they are around, they're in charge, but n- no one's ranked higher, and it's Cyclops, Gorgon, Bishop, and Magic. Which is a that is a formidable. That's a hell of a team, team. right there. So those are basically <laughs> your war chiefs, for lack of yeah. a better term. But this is where we basically Sabretooth come. The first task of the Quiet Council now is going to be, what the fuck do we do with this? Dickhead. And they're like, I don't know, I guess we'll just send him to hell. <laughs> well, they have, And they have lots of debate. It's like, alright, well we don't want to kill him because we don't want to kill mutants. Also, we that'll die. So No, like, they mentioned that killing mutants is like, fine. Doesn't matter. Because death doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Because Exactly. So it's like, oh, killing should only be bad if it's someone something that can't come back. So that's they, where they, they get don't the murder kill, no they don't, man rule. They don't want to kill Sabretooth because killing him is actually better for him than what they end up right. doing. That's actually true. <laughs> but then they talk yeah. about like, and they basically just talk about what are their tenets of the society going to be? And they come up with the big three that we see, which is make no, make more mutants, murder no man, and respect the sacred land. And the make more yeah, mutants I, I has when- a giant wink about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we um, kind of, yeah, we obviously know. But then they kind of like, all right, well, what do we do with Saber 2? It's like, all right, we're not going to kill him. So they basically just, dude, this is the most fucked up thing I could think of that they did. They just open up a hole in Krakoa and send him down. And, and like, yo, if he's in if, stasis now, if human solitary confinement does the immeasurable damage that we know that it does, and that's just a guy in a room. Like, can yeah. you imagine just being suspended in animation in, like, the, the pit of a... I, like, oh my god. He is uh, going to a, be pissed if they ever let him out. He's Dude. going to be batshit insane. <laughs> I'm so relieved to hear that they haven't spent that bullet yet. They have not. Yeah. No, yeah, he's still That's in really there. That's really impressive. Uh, and it's... Yeah. Well, they just announced it's his, been a while. his solo series, so... Oh, shit. Uh, oh, my Obviously, God. something <laughs> is going to happen. I, I joked earlier, it's just going to be all black pages. <laughs> or, or it's just him, like, slowly rotating around in a black void. Can, for- you, yeah. can you imagine, like, not only is he mad because they, they put him in a hole forever, but also, he, they made an island with their worst enemies who were, like, mass murderers throughout yeah. like apocalypse, literal genocidal apocalypse mania. has has killed how many people <laughs> through how many years well, and now he's exactly. like well what that like and he's I like, killed I, like three people that one time when before I knew that we had a nation. That yeah. was the big thing. Is like they made an example of him on per, like it's well, like he, yo that wasn't a thing when I did yeah. that. What the he, fuck? He's and they're just the like most, no fuck you. He's the most recent <laughs> person to commit the, commit uh, a rule and that's breakage. what yeah. It, and it was going to be whoever it was yeah. that happened and, to do and something. Then, yeah. And then they start up X Force and go like, eh, maybe it's okay to kill people sometimes when we're really secretive about it. Well, and Beast yeah, is long, like, maybe it's okay to destroy no a whole nation. Yeah, Beast. Yeah, Beast just goes off the fucking deep. Dude, but again, yeah. X Force guys. <laughs> like I know, Beast turns into Alan Dulles. Like Jesus Christ. I know a lot of people who like have. Like Beast is their favorite character. I think. I think didn't Scott say Beast was his favorite? Yes, X Man, because he's like a war criminal now. It's <laughs> oh, he's 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 the leader of the CIA, and I mean like the bad, right, the real, CIA. the real CIA, the, CIA. the real CIA. CIA. Beast yeah, character, a lot of war crimes. Beast characters turned since like I don't know the nineties. Oh man, yeah, yeah it's been <laughs> not a, a not wild, a, not a nice character. I, 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 I'm still half expecting it to be Dark Beast this whole time, like. I still think it might be. They did that that one time. Because he is is Mm -hmm. fucking evil. Dark Beast hit him in a wall for like 40 issues. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I think it's really interesting, specifically examining that character in this context. It's exactly yeah. the same thing that we could say for, I don't know, every American president that we've ever had and most of the people that sit high up in our in our government. It's just like, what are the means to an end? And yeah. like, do the ends justify the means? Because I don't think a single president isn't guilty of war crimes of some well, kind. You know what I mean? Like, that's well, also one of the interesting... Wow, that took you a long time. I know. I was about to say, it was like we're back in a normal show. Good. It took an hour and four <laughs> minutes to get to fuck American politics. But, we're uh, on our best behavior today, listeners. Um. That, that is one of the interesting uh, dynamics that this new era has kind of brought forth is what are people willing to uh, do for you know the safety of Krakoa? And like, how far right. are people willing to go? Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that's a, totally what his character not, is about. Is like, know, is there a lie? I mean, not <laughs> limited to Xavier and Magneto themselves. Yeah, there's exactly. a really effective graph, of course, uh, at some point <laughs> where it's like, like it's called "Look at what they've done," and it's like by the numbers, look at yeah. how many mutants oh. have been killed by humanity, yeah. and it's like, at what yeah. point can you expect? How like why 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 are is everyone else in the Marvel universe surprised that it took this long for them to get to this point where e- even yeah, professor absolutely. Xavier has had to become so militant and cold and whatnot. <laughs> Scott has that conversation with Sue when, yeah, yeah. when they confront about Sabretooth, and he's like, what do you right. just expect us to, to take it forever? And she, yeah. and she right. gets all shy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, on that, on that data page, you're talking about Nick. They, it's like the list of like, the biggest criminals against mutantdom yes. and like four is wanda yeah yeah which is, like, yeah, which which is pretty that brutal. comes back a lot yeah. they 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 hint at it somewhat in this specifically the like no more you know yeah and uh and that tied into that data page but, and yeah, I thought that they, was an they've been thing. they've been digging in a lot more with wanda and her relationship to mutantdom throughout yep. and specifically right now we're at the trial of magneto yeah, there's pieces and, of this book yeah. in every single x because sure. like honestly right after this and I'm pretty sure if I'm following along, like they pretty much just set up Inferno at the end mm-hmm. of this, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, which is like yeah. kind of the last piece. It's like we kind of find we see the two we see the two sides of the celebration of Krakoa. We see the oh, this is going to be the new land. This is going to be great. There's the excitement. Everyone's Everybody partying. We see the. We yeah. see the thruple for the first time oh, with, man. The, with yeah. the data the, page. Oh, the thruple. Gotta, which, which really led to the big conversation on the Discord right. was Adam bringing up, we'll, we'll get back to the thruple. <laughs> and then we kind of go back and it's really like, it's Magneto and Xavier talking to Moira in her like pod that no one knows fucking exists. And it's basically her like- no place. That it's like she still hasn't come out of to this day. Yep. For, yeah. And like, it's like, how did it go? We got what we needed. All right, Cool. So Mystique's on board. They're gonna. She's gonna do the thing. You can like, never bring back Destiny. And they're like, yeah, we ever. know. Like we, they, she wants Destiny back. And Xavier is like, um, uh, yeah, we know. And Moira's like, no, you can't do it. He's like, I know. And I'm like, Xavier, you lying I thought, ass bitch. I thought it was yeah. interesting. You just lied to Mystique right through her goddamn face. I, I, <laughs> I hate how much of this is set up on a lie. Like I do. Yep. Well, I, I hate I mean, that about Charles. It is a government, to be fair. <laughs> but I think that that's like go. one of the the biggest. Um, <laughs> biggest like things that hickman sets up that this that this uh new era isn't perfect is that yes you know they're purposely concealing the the two people most in charge Uh are purposely concealing their biggest secret and you know i i don't like xavier at all as a character and i was kind of 
hesitant some, uh, in some aspects with this series because um, there's he had gotten everyone in all of X Men to kind of go on board with him, and there's Emma in the in the beginning when they first meet, where there's kind of that hesitancy. You know, she calls him out for making the island, but at the same time, he's gotten everyone on board, and there's this line when they meet with Moira where he's, uh, where you kind of realize that this isn't some grand master scheme that he has. Uh This is actually a last Hail Mary. This is a desperate attempt to not die because Moira is out of options. So, yeah, Yeah, because they know the, going back to what we talked about, like, the inevitability, like, basically she shared with him all of her information and, like, they both know we're fucked. So, yeah, so this isn't some master At stroke. some point. This is a last <laughs> desperate grasp for, you know, to yeah. keep people alive. And I, I, Which I think it kind of shows in the issues that follow, yeah. right? Because they but, do but that kind of like crazy shit. That kind of really, it, it, it like, it helped me uh, contextualize everything. Because I was yeah. like, this is just, they're, you know, they don't, they don't have a plan. And the, it, it's really interesting it. and a, a definitely different dynamic than, you know, I would expect from that kind of, ex- expect from those characters, I guess. You know. Yeah, the only one that seems to have any kind of plan, and it's not tied to the other two, is really Apocalypse, because my man's always got a plan, <laughs> well, but like... Also, there's Moira. <laughs> he had a plan to bring back his you, wife, and it had nothing to do with... <laughs> you 100% know Moira is keeping stuff even from charles and eric yeah something's going on there too um but yeah like you said we set up we've set up all these the big storylines that have come since all show up in this ish, in this series which is even crazy to them me. talking about uh the like sinister in the future timeline has breeding pits mm-hmm. on mars and just in the comics mars is now part of uh the X-Men, yep. so... Yep. Th- like, there were definitely... It's, it's coming. Yeah, you can definitely see like, everything being set up. And it's one of those, they have an opportunity to, like, okay, we know how this story ends, potentially, in many different ways, uh, whether it goes all the way to post-human or whatever, but, like, could this be another different type of thing? Like, do they do something so crazy or so out of this the realm of possibility that it changes everything? I was kind of wondering, I was like, what is the end goal that moira has is it to like what if what if her what if the goal is to create a um phalanx of mutants to create some kind of super like consciousness of mutant of like like a biological phalanx yeah because what what else do you do (laughs) i don't do i don't know yeah but, uh, yeah, really to get the crux of the whole trade is um, the thruple. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why we're here, right? Yeah, that's ultimately why Not we're even here. because we get this because Emma's there. <laughs> yeah, it's more like a square. Yeah, like well, because like, we talked about Scott this, this big stuff. <laughs> yeah, we see Scott, we see some flirty moments with Gene and Emma and Logan and Scott, and then we get the... Um, the data page, of course, of the summer estate on the moon, and like all the rooms are 
like uh, I think Logan, Scott, and Gene's room were all connected, mm-hmm. correct? With no doors in between. With no them. doors or anything, which we yeah. we I remember we talked about it. We, like, oh shit! There was a there was a long thread <laughs> in the group chat that got weird at times. I think my 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 theory was that like. Logan sleeps at the foot of their bed like a dog at one point. (laughs) I remember trying to explain this to someone at work when this was happening because I was like just super crazy charged on X-Men when this came out. And I was trying to explain (laughs) like what this whole thing was and what it meant. And like, I feel like they walked away from that conversation like, Adam's weird. I think he's horny for mutants. Is that okay? Um, well, aren't we all? He really yeah. likes yeah. Wolverine, man. Um, there's, there's also like it's not in this book specifically, but like yeah. So the data page has uh, their rooms, and it's like I think it's Logan, Scott, Gene, which doesn't make sense. You would think that it would be Gene in the middle between like Scott and and Logan. So everyone's like, that's kind of wait. So does that mean? Does that mean that Logan and Scott are? Uh, and yep. then, like that, that was kind of just left like as a question mark. And I forget, I forget what issue it is, but there is an issue of X Men. Oh yeah, where <laughs> Scott and Logan are in a hot tub on the moon. <laughs> there, it isn't even subtext at this point. No. It is just context. Yeah. They are about to. I remember just like- when that when that issue came out on Twitter. Um, the artist that drew it had an even hornier rendition of that panel in in pencils that he had to redo and he showed yeah, a video he like erased it just, on the video just erasing the whole panel and it's just like, like no! No! <laughs> yeah it's hilarious no, so it's yeah it's it's uh yeah polyamory is is also the next mutant evolution make more you know? yeah. it's, it's it's a beautiful thing yeah exactly make make them any way that you can <laughs> by any means yeah. necessary yeah we're not they don't they don't complain as long as they're there we're good guys uh yeah. and and like Real quick, uh, jumping back to what RJ was saying about a human phalanx, we really didn't discuss the end of the sixth life, where it just shit goes off the rails and, like, it is post-human. The the librarians are, like, the last vestiges of human kind that are, like, trying to appease... But they're, like, biotechnology. They're not even human anymore. Yeah, they're not even human anymore, but they're trying to appease, like, the hive mind ultra empire of phalanx, which they're like, empire isn't even a good word because they're not imperial, but, like, the scope of it, and then they're like... Which is a cool way to describe it. They're even talking about, like, black holes potentially being a supercomputer brain and like black holes are nodes to a supercomputer which i (laughs) was like that shit's crazy each black hole is connected to a different black hole and i'm just like i just i didn't know that x-men could fucking explode my brain like this but here we are Uh, i feel like i just like did acid and i'm just (laughs) discussing the like greater realities of like the simulation that we're in it's like yeah fucking wild. it's kind of the feeling of the whole yeah. book it's like i'm overwhelmed i feel like i'm on drugs <laughs> but i also feel very safe because it's all being told so well and so succinctly yeah, right. that it just lay back and trust him yeah. like yeah, yeah. yeah hickman knows what he's doing there's a plan i think you really here. hit the nail on the head earlier casey when you compared it to like high concept sci-fi like i think this really is more comparable to stuff like dune or like oh, a yeah. ron d moore show than like a superhero yeah. comic <laughs> yeah yeah, it's yeah a- no this this is much closer to like a foundation like <laughs> thing than it is yeah like, but it's, it's great because like spinning wild. out of this you get all everything in between absolutely mm-hmm. yeah that's true which is which is so great you get the the high like, you get the fantasy stuff you kind of yeah, get the action do you want to continue book. with the high concept sci-fi go read sword if you want yeah, the action adventure cool. go read um, it, like x-force like, it's yeah, a choose your own over. genre from here yeah, like, it's very cool. Yeah. And they're all so we talked about them like 
we are an X-Men podcast. I know I said it, Adam. <laughs> we are not um, an X-Men podcast. We talked about so many of these issues because they were all so good. And you know, so there was, they had to be talked about. Yeah, they demand to be talked about. Yeah, they, they demand our attention, um, <laughs> unfortunately. And, you know, I, I, this book is so dense and so cool and there's so much to it. We haven't really talked about how just incredible the fucking art is. Like, yeah, we should take a couple minutes to talk about. I we mentioned specifically like 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 the 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 telepathy moment when they're like doing the mutant technology, but like every single panel is like that. Yeah, Pepe Larraz and Pepe Larraz, my God. Yeah, RB Silva. RB Silva. The two of them knocked it out the park. The pencils, the pencil work in this is just like stuff I've never seen. Like just so good and then the 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 way that the colors pull it all together it's fantastic it's it, it's a beautifully rendered book and i think and that helps these- bring you in even more right because like i know there's a couple artists regardless of how much i like the story kind of it pulls me out of it a little bit but the the art i think was so good uh the colors were so good i i didn't want to put this down every, every yeah, I've read this in a single sitting just reading this trade just like it it just kind of sucks you in and like you you get lost in this world cuz it's so detailed, it's so colorful and it's it's and the story is obviously phenomenal and then the dat, you know, the data pages obviously. <laughs> uh, They're oh, yeah, also gorgeous. Yeah, the, the character work <laughs> and like the expressions and the I think that's why like the council scenes feel so rich or the scenes where Professor S and, Magne- yeah. and Professor X and Magneto are like courting Emma like trying to like get her like the acting and like the emotion is like really exciting to read absolutely and and pepe laraz marte gracia and david curiel have really stuck around uh rb silva i think has has jumped in and out he's more so doing other stuff in marvel right now but that that like visual through line that's that's yeah they've popped in and out of different yeah like like, uh pepe laraz did a lot of like the event books for like ten of swords and now they're he's doing um the x-men main title again and it's just like this this visual a continuity that exists really mm-hmm. brings it all together too or like obviously it's it's there's too much for them to be mm-hmm. doing all of it but I also, like, there's definitely consistently I good also art. kind of like yeah. the way that they've now because of this they uh the way they utilize Pepe Larraz as like they understand how insane he is so if there's an issue drawn by him you know it's important like he's the big oh, yeah. guy right, that they yeah, break right. down so yep holy shit yeah his he did all the one shots for ten of swords and like even if you're not interested in reading that event which you should be just go pick it up off the shelf and look at it because it's fucking gorgeous (laughs) it's it's one of those names that's gone into my like mental rolodex if if i see the name on a book i'll buy it like yeah yeah no questions asked (laughs) (laughs) he did all the covers and stuff too which some of them are again they're stunning yeah absolutely um yeah, just a gorgeous book. Can't say enough about it. Just put your eyeballs on it. Go, go look put at your, it. Go rub your eyes all over this. <laughs> yeah, you, you want, you want, you're going to want this up in your eyeballs. I think eyeballs. the thing that excited me the most then and now rereading it is like, yeah, like you said, RJ, like these characters have been around for 60 years. And as someone who loves superhero stuff, sometimes I get a little like, what if this is all that there is? What if we've exhausted the well? What if there's nothing left? And then, yeah, mm-hmm. here comes Hickman. And it's oh. like, oh, we've used like 2% of, of the <laughs> yeah. X-Men. Yeah. You just need someone that has, I don't know, vision's a good word, but like, kind of like, you got to be willing to do something mm-hmm. new, right? Like, yeah, the risk, the risk the, of... Because the ri- the, this was a big risk and it the, the fucking paid off. The forward thinking of it as well, where like, you know, like, 
I, I don't want to disparage another um, property too much, but I'm going to deal with it. Um, the new Star Wars trilogy is a perfect example of a really good idea that didn't have any forward thinking. There was no planning. It was like a movie done by a guy, and then the next movie was a different movie done by a guy, and then the third movie was the, the same guy from the first one. And they all di- they all disagreed with each other yeah. and made completely different movies that didn't coalesce into one if, thing. If they, Whereas, if they had laid out a blueprint like him yeah, and those, did here. They could, mm-hmm. There was so much potential for that to be good if they had just agreed on what the fucking plot was. Whereas this, Hickman's like, this is the plot, this is the blueprint, this is what we're sticking with, and here's where we go from here. And there's wiggle room in there. You can do a lot of stuff, but like ultimately... I mean, point have, of fact, they had to because of COVID. Yeah, they they yeah. moved You're, things around. You yeah. gotta hit these points, however you guys... And I think that's where the freedom in these I mean, characters come from. It's like, here's the points, but you can have whatever... You can do whatever the fuck you a, want. Yeah, between get to them I think there's a lot want. to be yeah. said for just... Someone taking a con- the control of a franchise as beloved as this and just being brave enough to dare to change things as much as he did. Uh, exactly. And you, I mean, you can legitimately see that philosophy play out uh, in the story of this book. If yeah. the mutants mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. come up with a new way to, to evolve, a good they'll point. die. That, and that, if they don't all yeah. work together to get there, and that is one of yeah. the thing about that. That's one of the things about Hickman's philosophy of comics. He he made the mutants impervious to death because death is has been done before and is boring. It doesn't matter. There's so much like rudderless uh, narrative devices in comics now that have been done before that don't propel stories anymore, that you have to be this brave to... Especially with X-Men, like, how, how many more stories of X-Men running away from, like, Sentinels or something can you yeah. tell, right? Like, yeah. And honestly, it was really, like, two birds, one stone with this book. Not only did he conquer death, which is like, yeah, been there, done that, the polyamory <laughs> also gets rid of the other X-Men plot, which is... <laughs> will they, won't the, they? Like, they the, do. Yeah, will they, the will they, they, won't yeah. they, and then, like, the, the like love triangles and yes, all they the, will, like, chaos. And they will, that, they also uh, will, they will. <laughs> yeah, they will, they will again. Yeah. They are right now. Stop asking about <laughs> it. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. you know, some, sometimes when you cater to people who just kind of want the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. it leads to you know, just being stagnant and it's not always right. the best option. There are plenty of great stories told with that philosophy but if you really want to create something that will last as long as this series will, you gotta be braver. And mm-hmm. I think Hickman not only, like, Hickman not only did that, but he's a writer to do that for every book that he touches absolutely he's so interested in in changing the way people think about comics because he doesn't care uh you know there's going to be haters regardless of what you create so yeah, if it's good or right. bad so it doesn't yeah. matter you have to be you have you know he was so true and stayed with his vision and it, it's gonna it played out and it, it works yeah, and and my dude just did the most healthy thing you could ever do is like, oh, oh, you guys don't like it? I'm gonna delete my Twitter. <laughs> Goodbye. There's and just we haven't heard from. There's him since. that too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, like uh, to go back to Star Wars, which I think is is like right on the money. Is like that's why it's so frustrating right now to be a Star Wars fan. Is that franchise mm-hmm. feels very stuck in the past, where it, 
Yeah, you absolutely. know, and then, like right. anytime something new or radical or exciting is introduced, like a lightsaber umbrella, there is this like huge swath of the fan base that is just so afraid of change and so like I don't want to yeah. say infantilized, but like, do you really just? Oh no, you yeah, you yeah, should say. Like, oh, do you literally just always want there to be a shadowy guy and for Luke to stop him and then like right. for him to come back at sixty you, years and now Ray's old? Is that really what you want, just over and over again? You're yeah. never. Do they all need to be related? Like, <laughs> yeah, why are yeah. we doing this? Like, <laughs> you're never going to create new Star Wars or new Star Trek without people going, "Oh, that's not that's not true to the franchise." Mm-hmm. It's like, and okay, it's, right. well. It's like how many writers of X Men? But it's it, not for you. Move but it on. could be. Well, this, this yeah. happens with Ninja Turtles all the time too. Like they reinvent the turtles for the 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 audience they're making it for, and then there's always these butthurt nerds who go like, "Well, this isn't my turtles." It's like, yeah, you're right. You yeah, you're forty. You have Calm down. you can have your turtles. That shit's on DVD. Like this is for this is it for eight year olds yours, now. Like, <laughs> like it might be your it might not be your turtles, but it doesn't mean it's bad. It could be yeah. yours, and it doesn't exactly. mean that it's like, nobody's either. Right? Exactly. exactly. And like true. if you if you hate Hickman's X Men that much. Claremont's X-Men still exists exactly. and it's still good. It's still you can great. Say, exactly. Yeah, you can even go back and read Stan Lee's. I don't know why you would, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to RJ's point though, I'm I, I'm hoping they kind of do this Hickman thing, maybe this with in this grandest go with other properties, because like he's definitely done this the only other like Hickman's done this, I think, a few times, but like well, he did it with Avengers and Fantastic Four, which stuck. and that's the only Fantastic Four book I've ever read. <laughs> yeah, because he, <laughs> he wrote did it with it. Fantastic Four, which stuck around. His Avengers stuff didn't really stick around too much. I don't know what the current Avengers book is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a different co- that's a different podcast. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would I'm excited to see like clearly this worked in a big big way for Marvel, and I would hope that they would have the forethought to be like, okay, let's maybe try this with some of our other properties. Yeah, let's see let, what we can do here. Let's yeah. give books to people that love them <laughs> yeah. and let them just do it. Like, even having him taking a swing at the Avengers again in this style could yeah, be a game changer. And not even Hickman. It doesn't have to be Hickman all the time either, but like there's this structure of... The, exactly, of yeah. Producing comic books where you have this architect who... Who lays out, you know, what the blueprint's going to be, and then delegated into teams with their own editors and their own processes, and you know, realizing that vision. It's, it's. I don't know if it was done intentionally, but like it's, the Bat books over the last couple of years feel that way yeah. with 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 uh, Tynan and everything. I don't think it is the same structure, but like there's some connective tissue that's being shared more so than I've realized in a lot of these comics. I'm just glad that like yeah. this is one of those times where. You know, studios care about money because obviously. So, like, yeah. this is one <laughs> right. of those few times right. where you have something really fresh and innovative in a in a franchise that makes money. So, luckily, this this worked to an extent where it's like, no, you 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 know, maybe people will hopefully kind of follow with this because it showed that it could work. Um, yeah. It was a huge creative and financial success. Exactly. Like, the yeah. people that like yeah. the the people greenlighting these types of things are going to notice how many books they moved because of this. Like yeah. I would I would like to see this yeah. this approach done with Spider-Man, not necessarily Hickman, but like use I this structure. I think that is what they are attempting with Spider-Man Beyond. Oh, that'd be cool. Okay. Let's see how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see. 
I yeah, I want to I want to get back into Spider Man again. I just haven't been able to, to. Now's the time. There's in. a new creative team, so yeah. we'll. There's you know, like ten. If you're curious about teams. that, uh, tune in to Tales from the Shortbox in the upcoming weeks, and we'll uh, we'll Sweet. get y'all caught up on all that stuff. So. I don't even think we. Have, I know last couple times with this, we've like, hey, you know, what what do you what would you rate this? And I think it's a mm-hmm. easy fucking however many out of however many 10 out of 10 100 out of 100 doesn't matter i think we all agree <laughs> five gold balls out of five gold balls. <laughs> five gold balls. i agree i think yeah, mine's it, five gold balls as well if, if there's a such thing as perfection in comics this this has to be it right <laughs> i mean there's a couple other things that i would put with it but it is like the things you would like it's, 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 it's like in, in the conversation tier. yeah absolutely. graham morrison's animal man and like neil gaiman's sandman and yeah. like Watchmen. like it's in there it's in that pantheon so i think you it's know, kudos yeah, this to is it. gonna be a classic in the x-men lore where do where do you rate it nick oh i mean yeah it's it's like i haven't i there's so much i haven't read you know, like, uh-huh. uh, uh, like most of my X-Men knowledge does come from like the animated series and the movies. But I think when it comes to comics, you can really tell when like a reinvention is really settled in is when like you forget what it used to be like. Like yeah. I was, I was watching an episode <laughs> right. of the animated series and like they go to the castle and Banshee and Moira McTaggart are there. And Moira is just <laughs> like such a side character, like you know, no personality, and I was watching... Yeah, she's, like, she's the so girlfriend. She just used to like, be the girlfriend. It was like, so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. And, you know, similar to Gwen Stacy, or, you know, where it's like, oh, right, this was before that, the way I now see this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was really, like, I don't... I didn't have a ton of X-Men comic knowledge, so it was kind of... It's kind of great to kind of like I don't I don't remember what it was like before <laughs> and at it's, all. It's funny. I, w- I went in this coming off of like a, a few like I I had gotten excited about big X Men stuff up till that point. Like mm-hmm. I like there were so many big X Men events where I was like, man, I don't I don't see how you top that. And then this just Absolutely. makes all of them seem small. Well, you talk to most X Men fans. They before House and Powers, they wanted to forget the last like. Three years. Oh yeah, I <laughs> mean only it, three. It, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was some stuff in the last few years leading up to it that was good, but, but I it was, digress. I guess it's been rough. I guess it's but been rough. It's been this rough. is not. It was real rough. Go pick this up for sure, though. Yeah. If you're any of you interested in X Men, it's it's well worth the ride. It's a great primer because it is kind of just erasing the chalkboard and going. This is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. Um, we were talking about like you yeah. know what to pick up next, depending on what like branch of this tree most like fascinated yeah. you. Uh, you know, like everyone else, I was a huge fan of Rasputin, um, and like Dude, and like awesome. and like Silo Bell. Uh, uh, I think that's how you say her name. I've never tried to say it before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do do does, is that section of the verse ever explored again? Not okay. yet. Okay. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. They're we setting so. it up. There's. I think they're they're getting closer. Okay. Just. Yeah. But they ha- they haven't come back yet, unfortunately, because I thought Rasputin was awesome. Yeah. So does it? Does anyone have any final thoughts before we we close the book on on Hawksbox, um, so to speak? My my final thought, um, especially for people that are intimidated is uh this is why comic book stores still exist at all because really they <laughs> yeah. shouldn't exist uh, it, like they're, they're very un- like unfeasible and they're like you would think that with most other bookstores closing down that like why do comic book stores still exist in like large numbers it is because they have this knowledge in their brains and that's 
you can be like, where do I go? And they will tell you and they will be yeah. honest with you. And they will say, I like this. You probably will like this. Just, you know, go talk to your local comic shop and dive in because they're, this is really a great place to start, but there's tons of other places too. So that's. And, and yeah. if you're in an area where you don't have a local comic shop, Hop into our Discord because Absolutely. we've got we have a Casey and Casey and an will RJ help. and an RJ <laughs> and and other people on the network that like comics. Yeah, <laughs> so it's so like you can come chat with us. Yeah, I, if you and if you don't if you don't have like a community of of friends that that talk about this stuff, just speak up at your local comic shop. I yeah. mean, th- yeah. that's how we, we all be became friends. friends yeah. Right? yeah, we can be those friends for you guys. Uh, so, yeah, that's yeah. the the community of it. I I really hate that people have the impression that comic book stores are gatekeeping and the, the potentially some stores might still be trying to gatekeep. But fuck those guys. Uh, you know, come come be our friends. <laughs> yeah, come hang out on the Discord, bug us. We we love it. Um, so yeah, I, I guess let's let's do some plugs. Nick, let's start with you. Uh, wh- why don't you tell us what's going on at Franchiseography? Yeah, Franchiseography. Uh, depending on when this comes out, we should be either in our Spy Kids season or our Wes Anderson season. Ooh. Nice. So okay. Two uh, two very different visions of uh, all- <laughs> auteurhood. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I do like how you guys cover cover these franchises because you really get into the nitty gritty of like the the sort of back end politics of it all. Like, yeah, we just find that so fascinating, Scott and I, and like kind of like how these big sequels become the way that they are. You know, like the kind of narratives behind it, or like you know, like we're talking about Deadpool two, like the clashes and like the release dates and all that. Yeah, juicy stuff. Nice. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and and we are uh, Tales from the Short Box. We we do this kind of stuff on a weekly basis on a much more smaller level. But we <laughs> we don't we don't just talk about X Men. I know we like to kid that we're an X Men podcast. <laughs> we try to cover everything. From, we're also a Batman podcast. <laughs> we're Batman yeah, podcast true. lately. But we 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 get into the 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 smaller stuff. Some of the the, oh, the smaller publishers like Boom, IDW. Mm. We, we try to find cool stuff we try to we try to cover issue ones as much as we can and and we all have a little bit of varied taste so you're gonna get a little piece of different stuff uh from all of us uh and if i haven't made it clear enough we are super inclusive and not (laughs) shitheads so like well that yeah exactly just like like yeah all are welcome but yeah that's always my big fear finding new comic book content i'm like oh are they gonna be terrible please don't be terrible (laughs) <laughs> and we're and not we, terrible. We're when we started our show we we kind of we told ourselves there's enough comic book podcasts that talk about the stuff they don't like and there's enough good comics where we don't really have to waste any airtime on the stuff we don't like because there's plenty of yeah. stuff out there that's great so yeah exactly Absolutely. what yeah no one wants to hear us bitch about shit <laughs> like let's give you something that you know we'll talk about things that we like and love and want to read and then that'll hopefully get you reading them and then we can have we can all talk about them and just talk about how much we love comics yeah because that's why we're here or love comics so that's it for us uh i just want to thank all of our patreon subscribers for for making shows like this possible and um just get out get get into the dueling genre verse we've got a lot of stuff going on out there We've, we've got our show we've got shows like like uh like franchiseography like theme park this go check them all out check us out hop into the discord and 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 chat with us we love ch- chatting about comics we like recommending stuff and we like hearing what you guys recommend 
So hop in there and, and get at us. So uh, for myself, for the rest of the crew, uh, this is this is now in trade. Uh, thank you. Goodbye, everybody. One more time, then, for the children. Uh. <laughs> for the children. Yes. Well done. All right.